Well, hello, it's Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. Uh, Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. Uh, you know, had a long one yesterday. Uh, I'm going to try and keep it under 30 minutes today. Of course, uh, sometimes I, I go off the rails and start mentioning things like a loose uh, rodeo bull in uh, California that they haven't been able to catch for like a week. Uh, I won't talk about that <laughs> because it's ridiculous. Um, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Man, do I appreciate you. I really do. It's very nice of you to come every day. I work hard. I get up early every morning and go through all the news. Uh, <clears throat> and by the way, uh, there are more attacks in in, in Russia. I, I'm sorry, in, in Ukraine uh, going on right now. And uh, we will get to that. Uh, anyway, if you can, please bring someone along with you today or tomorrow. That would be great. Uh, <clears throat> very awesome. Tweet to me questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Why do I sound like I swallowed a bucket of sand? What is going on? Let me try and drink some coffee. Maybe that'll help. <clears throat> so let's start in uh, Ukraine, sort of, the United Nations. Uh, the United Nations General Assembly voted yesterday to reject Russia's call for the 193-member body to hold a secret ballot. Uh, when we talked about this, or, uh, was it Monday? Was it yesterday or was it Friday? Um, a, a secret ballot later this week on whether to condemn Moscow's move to annex uh, four partially occupied regions in Ukraine. They decided with 107 votes in favor that it would hold a public vote, not a secret ballot, on a draft resolution that condemns Russia's illegal so-called referenda and the attempted illegal annexation. Diplomats said the vote on the resolution would likely be on uh, tomorrow or maybe Thursday. We'll see. Only 13 countries opposed holding a public vote. I'm sure you could name most of them. 39 countries abstained. Two surprises. India voted against Russia instead of abstaining, which I thought was really surprising since they have a deal for oil with Russia. And Iran abstained instead of voting no. No to a public vote was um, Belarus, Cuba, I am a little surprised at Belarus, to be perfectly honest. You know, uh, their, their, their population is really against Russia. Anyway, uh, Belarus, Cuba, North Korea, Egypt. Egypt is sort of another iffy one. Eritrea. I met someone from Eritrea a couple of weeks ago. It was the first person I ever met from Eritrea. And when she said she was from Eritrea, I said, oh, over by, over by uh, Iran and, and the, um, uh, what is that uh, sea? The, uh, um, not the Baltic, uh, the, um, not the Black Sea, the, uh, uh, the one north of Iran, whatever that is. And she goes, you know about Eritrea? <laughs> uh, Ethiopia, Kazakhstan, Nicaragua, Sudan, 
South Sudan, Syria, Tajikistan, and Zimbabwe. And I had to dig up all those, uh, all those because the news wasn't really reporting who voted against it. I had to find a, a listing. Uh, moving on. Ravina Shamdasani, spokesperson for the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, said, We are gravely concerned that some of the attacks appear to have... Gee, did I get a retreat right? I think I did. Uh, targeted critical civilian infrastructure, uh, indicating that these strikes may have violated the principles on the conduct of hostilities under the international hum- humanitarian law. We urge the Russian Federation to refrain from further escalation and to uh, uh, take all feasible measures to prevent civilian casualties and damage to civilian infrastructure. And as you know, Russia will ignore that and continue. Uh, there, uh, uh, First of all, Russia has never shied away from um, being like Stalin and destroying infrastructure. I mean, that's what Stalin did back in, what was it, 31, 32, 33, when they starved 7 million, oh, well, 2 million to 7 million um, Ukrainians to death because of what they did. This is exactly what he's doing. He's, he's taking history as an example. Anyway... Uh, moving on, we've talked about those eastern countries who have a who have had stronger words for Russia, even though many used to be part of Russia, uh, <clears throat> the USSR. The presidents of uh, the Bucharest Nine group of countries have condemned Russia's mass air attacks in Ukraine and referred to them as war crimes. They said in a joint statement, "We." The presidents of Bulgaria, the Czech Republic, the, the Czech Republic, Estonia, Hungary, Hungary, Latvia, Lithuania, Montenegro, North Macedonia, Poland, Romania, and Slovakia condemned the mass bombardments of Ukrainian cities recently carried out by Russia, which constitute war crimes under international law. Now I am shocked, shocked that Hungary agreed to this statement. I'm really shocked with that. Because, as you know, that's Viktor Orban. But um, also, uh, this is pretty interesting. Uh, well, I, not interesting. I mean, I guess, you know, uh, Latvia, Lithuania, and I'm looking over the list. Where's the other one? Uh, Latvia, Lithuania, and this Slovakia? Wait a minute. Bulgaria, Czech Republic, Latvia. Yeah, Latvia, Lithuania, and is it uh, Slovakia? Is that is that the ones on the uh, Baltic Sea? I don't have a I don't have a map in front of me, unfortunately. So, anyway, uh, it's really cool that they got together. Like I said, still shocked that Hungary was in there. Uh, in in uh, that meeting with the G7 today that uh, Zelensky just set up. Uh, President Vladimir Zelensky asked the G7 group of nations to urgently supply Ukraine with weapons after Moscow launched those deadly strikes. U.S. President Joe Biden and the uh, uh, other G7 leaders met virtually to discuss what more they can do to support Ukraine and listen to Zelensky, who has called air defense systems his number one priority. They were able to shoot down about half of those missiles. But still, 
They did a lot of damage. And shooting them down doesn't mean they don't do damage. You shoot them down, they fall into areas. Right? They fall and they kill people. You do, they don't just disappear. So, I mean, it helps. Anyway. Zelensky said in a video address, I am asking you to strengthen the overall effort to help financially with the creation of an air shield for Ukraine. Millions of people will be grateful to the Group of Seven for such assistance. Zelensky, who joined the G7 leaders virtual meeting, also asked the G7 to support an international mission on the Ukraine-Belarus border. And this is possible. Since Belarus is technically not at war, the EU could support a no-fly uh, zone on that border. The U.S. is expected to send an air defense system to Ukraine next month. I would expect Zelensky to add longer-range HIMARS missiles to the list. Now, if he added that to the list, you can bet he went to Biden privately about that. But I don't know if it happened. Zelensky said the Russian leader, who is now in the final stage of his reign, still has room for further escalation. Zelensky also mentioned the involvement of Belarus in the conflict and said Russia is trying to directly draw Belarus into the war, playing a provocation that we are allegedly preparing an attack on uh, this country. A mission of international observers may be stationed on the border of Ukraine and Belarus to monitor the security situation. I, in other words, and this is a good idea on him. He's saying, he's saying, go ahead, send monitors into Belarus on the border and make sure we don't do it. And that's a great idea. It, 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 uh, it will show Belarus that they have nothing to worry about. He added, calling on diplomats to work out the details of a deployment with G7 backing. In a call with reporters before the summit, Kremlin spokespuppet Dmitry Pesky Peskov said, The mood of this summit is already obvious and predictable. The confrontation will continue. Yeah, well, there's a reason for confrontation, you moron. <clears throat> uh, it is not going well for Russia at all. Uh, I have a feeling this missile attack and missile attacks in the next couple of weeks will exhaust their supplies. Remember, about a third of the attack in the last couple of days was Iranian drones, which Iran cannot continue to supply. Uh, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lapdog Lavrov said that Moscow was open to talks with the West on the Ukraine war, but had yet to receive any serious offers to negotiate. He said U.S. officials, including the White House National Security spokesperson, John Kirby, had said the U.S. was willing to engage in discussions, but Russia had uh, refused. Lavrov said, this is a lie. We have not received any serious offers to make contact. Notice he qualified it with the word serious. It's because he doesn't Consider, get the hell out of Crimea, get the hell out of Ukraine, pay Ukraine for your damage, and we might let Putin, his entire administration, including you, to continue in your positions without being jailed by the Hague, provided you never leave Russia. Right? He doesn't consider that serious. 
<laughs> he suggested Russia was willing to listen to any suggestions regarding peace talks by saying, we have repeatedly said that we never refuse meetings. If there is a proposal, then we will consider it. But he has, uh, uh, he has a proposal. Like I said, get the fuck out of Ukraine, get the fuck out of Ukraine's Crimea, and pay reparations for killing all those people, murdering all those innocent civilians, destroying all that infrastructure, and stealing the grain. Let's add that to the list. You know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I get Sergei Lapdog Lavrov confused with spokes puppet Dmitry Pesky Peskov. But that's because the nicknames make it difficult, right? And the OV, the OVs, OVs. <clears throat> so, anyway, uh, uh, speaking of Belarus, remember we talked about Belarus yesterday and Lukashenko's lies about Ukraine. Uh, the EU took issue as well. Uh, the European Commission yesterday raised the specter of further sanctions against Belarus, urging Minsk to stop spreading false accusation against Ukraine and to call off a joint grouping of troops with Russia. Autocrat Alexander Lukashenko, a close ally, ally of uh, Putin, reiterated claims yesterday during a meeting with military and security officials that carrying out strikes in the territory of Belarus is not just being discussed, it is being planned by Ukraine. And we talked about that. That's ridiculous. If Ukraine did that, they would lose every single ally they have. They wouldn't do that. EU Foreign Affairs spokesman Peter Stano said, Ukraine here is the victim. Ukraine is not the aggressor. And we remind the Belarusian regime that Ukraine is under brutal illegal attack, which is in violation of UN Charter and in violation of international law. And we urge the regime in Minsk to refrain from any involvement of Belarus in this brutal, illegitimate undertaking. And we also urge the regime in uh, Minsk to immediately stop allowing the territory of Belarus to serve as a launch pad for airstrikes, including the very recent missile strikes and drone attacks against Ukraine and the targets in Ukrainian territories. Remember, Iranian drones came from Belarus uh, on, uh, I guess, Sunday or Monday. Monday there, Sunday here. Stano stressed that if Belarus proceeds with the grouping of troops with Russia, this will yet uh, uh, be yet another escalation of this, and this will not be unanswered from the side of the European Union. That means more sanctions. He added, let me recall that all these steps, especially by the Belarusian regime, are against the will of the majority of the population, and as I just said, because Belarusian people do not like Lukashenko uh, and will be met with new and stronger restrictive measures from the side of the European Union. I, you know what? Belarus needs to stay the hell out. They really do. If, uh, and, and the country there, they need to overthrow their leader, right? Take them out by any means necessary. And you do know what I mean. So... 
The death toll from the wave of Russian attacks yesterday in Ukraine has risen to at least 19. 105 were wounded. The emergency services and, and more more being uh, hurt today. I mean, there was there was a, a, a strike in Zaporizhia today that killed one more. So you can name, you can change that to 20. Um, <clears throat> The emergency services said critical infrastructure facilities were hit in Kyiv and 12 other regions and that 301 cities and towns were without power. And that's what uh, Russia is doing. They're targeting uh, their power. They're taking out infrastructure so they can cause confusion and slow down uh, Ukraine's um, uh, takeover of of Russian uh, uh, um, occupied territory in Ukraine. I mean... Ukraine is kicking Putin's ass. Um, Ukraine state nuclear operator accused Russian forces of abducting a senior official at Russian-held Zaporizhia uh, atomic nuclear, uh, nuclear plant. Uh, Energodom said uh, Valery Martinuk, the plant's deputy director general for human resources, had been kidnapped. The statement said they keep holding him at an unknown location and probably using methods of torture and intimidation. Energodom called on International Atomic Energy Agency Chief Rafael Grossi to take all possible measures to help free Martinuk. Now, uh, I think Rafael Grossi is in, in Russia today, isn't he? And he may bring this up. We'll see. <clears throat> Uh, NATO chief Jen Stoltenberg said Russia was striking Ukraine's infrastructure to compensate for battlefield losses by its troop and vowed allies would step up and sustain support for Kyiv. You know what? Russia might as well give up now. I mean, seriously. the, uh, The EU, NATO, the UN, the U.S., Everyone, the whole world is united against you. They're never going to give up. You're going to drain every resource you have. Uh, Stoltenberg said, I think what we saw yesterday is actually a sign of weakness because the reality is that they are not going to make progress on the battlefield. Russia is actually losing on the battlefield. Really? really bad. I added the really, really bad. Uh, Anyway, that's what Stoltenberg said. Uh, Jeremy Fleming, head of the uh, GCHQ, the uh, uh, that's uh, Britain's intelligence agency, said that Russia is running short of weapons and its troops are exhausted. Uh, Fleming expected to give a public speech later today, arguing that Russian President Putin made strategic errors in judgment throughout the war. He will say, we believe Russia is running short of munitions. We know and Russian uh, commanders on the ground know that their supplies and munitions are running out. And, and remember, there's, there's, since the beginning of the war, uh, there's been stories of Russian soldiers stealing food from stores in Ukraine territory to feed their troops. They have no supplies. Uh, Russia, they had no supplies at the beginning. They expected to go in and that everybody would roll over. That's why they had no supplies. Right? It was really poorly planned. Russian forces are exhausted. Uh, He continued. 
the use of prisoners to reinforce and now the mobilization of tens of thousands of an, uh, inexperienced conscripts speaks of a desperate situation. <clears throat> and on a side note, there are now reports that the missiles used are older, and they've always been, like for the last several months, they've always been older and cruder uh, than cruise missiles because they, they, they can't hit their targets. Some were air defense missiles adapted for ground strikes. That's what reports are saying. That means Russia is down to their own air defense missiles to attack Ukraine. It's that bad. Moving on. Yet another senior Russian diplomat has warned Washington and its allies that their support for Ukraine could draw them into an open conflict with Moscow. No, it was not Medvedev. Not this time. I'm sure Medvedev said something, but I wasn't listening to him uh, yesterday. Uh, Deputy Foreign Minister Sergei uh, Rybkov said that Western military assistance to Kyiv, the training of Ukrainian personnel in NATO countries, and the provision of real-time satellite uh, uh, data helping the Ukrainian military to to designate targets for artillery strikes have increasingly drawn Western nations into a conflict on the part of the Kyiv regime. He said, Russia isn't interested in direct clash with the U.S. and NATO, and we hope that Washington and other Western capitals are aware of the danger of an uncontrollable escalation. Japanese, uh, um, and you know what? <laughs> I, you know what? I'm sure they don't want a direct conflict because they have, they, they're using their air defense to attack uh, um, Kiev now. It's crazy. Uh, so, Japanese car maker, Nissan, will sell it, uh, has sold its assets. It says will sell, but it has sold it, including a factory in St. Petersburg to Russia, thus becoming one more big brand to leave the country after the invasion began in Ukraine. Under the deal, Nissan, and this is a good deal, Nissan, they, they get to save face with their factory. They get to not help Russia. Uh, and um, I'm sure sanctions were, were going to be against them. Nissan will still be able to buy back its factory within the next six years. Okay, buying it back isn't a big deal. Maybe I could buy it because they sold it for one euro. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure within six years, Putin will be dead or dethroned and Russia would have moved on. Now that I have your attention, let's try and fix the world. I, You know, I meant that to be 10 minutes, but I did go off the rail a little bit. <clears throat> let's move on. Today, the Labor Department in the United States released a proposal that could pave way for regulators and courts to reclassify gig workers federally as employees rather than independent contractors. The proposed rule, if adopted, could raise costs for companies like Lyft, Uber, Instacart, and DoorDash, and others, many others, that rely on contract workers to pick up shifts on their own schedules. Now, you know what? A friend of mine, he's uh, he works... He, he does deliveries, and he doesn't like this. I'm sure of it. I, you know what? Um, it's not going to be bad. It's not going to end your ability to do what you want to do. It's just going to give you health insurance. 
Uh, Shares of Lyft fell more than 10% this morning, while Uber dropped 7% and DoorDash shed nearly 6%. Last year, the administration rescinded a rule created under Trump's Labor Department that would have made it easier for gig companies to classify workers as independent contractors instead of employees. But after legal challenges, a court reinstated the Trump-era rule. Um, and, and The new uh, uh, proposed rule would allow the determination of whether to classify a worker as a contractor or employee to rely on a more um, uh, holistic assessment, including whether the work is integral uh, uh, is an integral part of the employer's business. Okay, and this is what they did in California. Uh, they said uh, the app companies, uh, and I call them the app companies because that's what they call them themselves. Like Uber says, we are an app company. We have nothing to do with cars and moving people around. We're just an app company, right? <laughs> so this rule would change that. So it would it would uh, uh, by by that uh, by that way, it would change the Trump rule. Uh, the goal is to protect work instead of challenging it. They're doing it that way. Uh, the goal is to protect workers from being classified improperly while providing consistency for business businesses that wish to employ independent contractors. Right, and it would also take away the power that Uber has over competitors. Uber and other companies, uh, like food delivery companies. Uh, Moving on. We thought we were out of the woods, but no. Uh, It's going to get bad with uh, uh, something pretty soon. Uh, You know, it'll be after the election. Uh, Yesterday, a union representing railroad, railroad maintenance and construction workers announced that its members have rejected the tentative agreement reached Last month, between unions and rail carriers, uh, the one that Biden uh, uh, put together, it's putting pressure on the carriers to offer a better deal to workers in order to avoid a nationwide strike in the coming weeks. Actually, it's in the coming months. It'll be uh, about a month and a half. About 56% of the workers, uh, 6,646 of the nearly 12,000 union members, voted against ratifying the agreement. About 5,100 supported it yesterday. And, you know, the problem is uh, um, that uh, uh, they have trouble taking time off to do things. It's impossible to do it in their work six days a week. Yesterday, the BMWED said uh, the nation's third largest rail workers union and a division of the Teamsters Uh, that a work stoppage could begin as early as November 19th, depending on the upcoming votes by other unions. Uh, This vote, I mean, you're you're talking about the upcoming votes maybe could be different, but this vote could sway the other two unions, the members of the Brotherhood of uh, Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen, uh, BLET, which is also a Teamsters affiliate, and the Sheet Metal, Air, Rail, and Transportation Workers Transportation Division, Smart TD, that they will also vote in the next few weeks. Fortunately, a work stoppage, would, like I said, would not happen until ap- after the election on around November 19th. There is still concerns, and the Biden administration is going to have to work to fix this. They really are. 
And uh, by the way, isn't it? Uh, um, what's his name? What's his name? That rich guy that Republicans hate. He's a Democrat. Anyway, he owns a lot of rail. I can't think of his. I'm I'm brain farting on the name right now. I, you can figure it out. Uh, people in Congress are really pissed at Saudi Arabia, right? Because of uh, you know the OPEC decisions. Uh, the the Democratic chair of the Senate uh, Foreign Relations Committee pledged yesterday to block all future U.S. weapons sales to Saudi Arabia as backlash over OPEC's decision to cut oil production. And guess what? He has the power to do it. Senator Bob Menendez um, of New Jersey has veto power over foreign arms sales. Now, Menendez said in a statement, that OPEC's plan to slash production by 2 million barrels a day in a bid to prop up oil prices amounts to a decision to help underwrite Putin's war. He said the United States must immediately freeze all aspects of our cooperation with Saudi Arabia, including any arms sales and security cooperation beyond what is absolutely necessary to defend U.S. personnel and interests. As chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, I will not greenlight any cooperation with Riyadh until the kingdom reassesses its positions with respect to the war in Ukraine. Enough is enough. Now, Menendez is no progressive. He's a Democrat, but he's far from progressive. He's a war hawk who is now siding with Bernie Sanders and Representative Ro Khanna. That's how much everyone hates Saudi Arabia right now. But, but, let me tell you, if Republicans take the Senate, they will be in charge of the committee. And you can bet, you can bet that they will allow arms to go to Saudi Arabia. And you know why? Remember, Donald Trump in 2020 threatened the same thing to cut off arms with Saudi Arabia if they if they didn't lower production not raise it lower production that's what re- and it's because they want oil companies to make more money so if you think take republicans taking over the senate will do the same thing you got another thing coming think about that Uh, And speaking of those Middle Eastern states, uh, countries, the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, uh, President Sheikh Sheikh Mohammed bin Zawad al-Nayan went to Russia today to meet with Putin. Remember, UAE was involved in that decision to lower production in line with OPEC in support of Russia. Likely, they discussed the war and energy production. The UAE has maintained a neutral stance towards Russia's special military operation in Ukraine. But at this point, remaining neutral is blatant support. UAE is supposedly a long U.S. ally, but this certainly begs questions. Putin said that Russia was not working against anyone in markets when he was there. Speaking with the President of United Arab Emirates, 
Emirates, Putin said Russia aimed to create stability in energy markets and ensure supply and consumption were balanced. Putin said at the meeting in St. Petersburg, we are also actively working within, uh, within the framework of OPEC+. Plus. I know your position, our actions, our decisions are not directed against anyone. We are not going to and do not do it in such a way as to create problems for anyone. Our actions are aimed at creating stability in the global energy markets so that both consumers of energy resources and those involved in production, suppliers uh, to the global markets, feel calm, stable, and confident so that the supply and demand would be balanced. Uh, You know what I think? When I read that, (laughs) I... And, and if you're a nerd, you're going to get this. I thought of the Trill statement from uh, uh, that episode of Star Trek, uh, The Next Generation. We seek peaceful coexistence. If you're a nerd, you'll recognize that term. Uh, if you're not a nerd, Google Star Trek, The Next Generation. I, I On YouTube, rather. Go to YouTube. Put on uh, Star Trek, Next Generation. We seek peaceful coexistence and watch the scene. <laughs> uh, anyway, a sanctioned Russian-owned superyacht was identified anchored in Hong Kong. China said it would not seize the superyacht uh, uh, as sanctions request. The 50, 50, uh, $521 million uh, boat belongs to Alexei Mordashov, an ally of Russian President Vladimir Putin and one of the country's richest men. The billionaire, uh, he's not on the yacht, he just sent his yacht there to protect it. The billionaire was sanctioned by the U.S., the U.K., and the E.U. after Russia invaded Ukraine earlier this year. But Hong Kong's government said it was not bound by those sanctions. Chief Executive to Hong Kong John Lee said Hong Kong would be accountable to the United Nations sanctions, but not unilateral ones imposed by individual jurisdictions. He said, we will comply with United Nations sanctions. That is our system. That is our rule of law. Of course, it should be mentioned that Lee himself has been sanctioned by the U.S. for his role in implementing Hong Kong's repressive national security law. And I will also say that China, China does not comply with the U.N. on many issues anyway, like the Taiwan Strait. Uh, The Nord, that's the name of the ship, is believed to be his biggest yacht asset. The 465-foot, which is 141 uh, meters, yacht is larger than a football field. And that's... Larger than a football field is is not really a a good definition because it's one and a half times the size of a football field. (laughs) Um... And it's described as one of uh, the world's most extravagant boats, according to Forbes. The billionaire had already lost one of his smaller boats. His small, it's just a tiny one. It was only 215 feet, uh, two-thirds the size of a football field, more than two-thirds the size of a football field. 
uh, called the Lady M to Western sanctions in March after it was seized by Italian police in the port of Imperia. Since seizures began, uh, it has led to yachts around the world seeking safe haven from seizure, including ports around Asia, Turkey, and right close by us in the Caribbean. So, oh man, I meant to keep this under 30 minutes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, you know what? I can't tell you how much I appreciate you people. I get up early. I, I've been uh, working for how long now? Five hours, more than five, almost six hours, getting this report together for you. I hope you really, I really hope you appreciate me. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. It is Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah. I really appreciate you so much. Uh, bring someone with you, uh, if you can, today or tomorrow. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Those four words, Political Views TV Podcast. Tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Or maybe you want to, I don't know, send me a story, something I haven't covered, or, or, or send some of your enemies after me. And remember, always remember... Government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget it. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.